Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What am I to do? This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Hodorowsky's Dune, Bethlehem, Citizen Kane, Face of Love, Dom Hemingway, and more. On Tuesday, May 20th at the E-Bar, author Karen Houle launches her new book, Responsibility, Complexity, and Abortion. On Friday, May 16th at the E-Bar, you can join Andrew Beveridge, Claire Ward Beveridge, and Hannah Ward Beveridge at the opening of their photography exhibit, Family Photos. And on May 17th at the E-Bar, Gain Music presents a show featuring Drag the River from Colorado. That's Drag the River in the background with Song for My Roommates. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. Creative Control with Beach Comic. On the 99th episode of my show, Brian McMahon of the Louisville, Kentucky band Slint joins me for a conversation. I think a rather revealing and maybe possibly rare conversation. I don't know how often these folks chat with people. They kind of have had an enigmatic existence. And uh, their 1991 album, Spiderland, has just been reissued in this special limited edition box set. And uh, the record ma- meant a lot to me when, it, uh, when I first heard it. Uh, I heard it a few years after it came out, and I was just like, what the hell is this? And uh, it's just always lingered with me. So I was a real thrill to get to speak to Brian. I was supposed to go see Slint in Detroit last week, but I couldn't uh, make it, so we ended up talking on the phone. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. You're going to hear a remastered version of the song Don A Man at the end of the interview and yeah if you like Slint you're going to learn a lot if you don't know Slint you will similarly learn a lot so here it is myself and Brian McMahon talking about Slint and Spiderland The Eden Mills Writers' Festival and The Bookshelf are pleased to present Allison Wearing's award-winning one-woman show, Confessions of a Fairy's Daughter, Growing Up with a Gay Dad. This is happening at the E-Bar in Guelph on Friday, May 23rd. Based on her best-selling memoir, Wearing's compelling show tells the story of growing up with a gay father in the 1980s. Balancing intimacy, history, and downright hilarity, this is a captivating tale of family life, deliciously imperfect, riotously challenging, and full of life's great lessons and love. This all-ages licensed performance of Confessions of a Fairy's Daughter takes place at the E-Bar, located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, on Friday, May 23rd at 8 p.m. sharp. Tickets are now available at the Bookshelf Bookstore, also located at 41 Quebec Street, or online via ticketbreak.com. And for more information about the show, visit EdenMillsWritersFestival.ca. The E-Bar is not a fully accessible venue.
Brian McMahon is a singer and guitarist from Louisville, Kentucky, who has played with Squirrel Bait, Palace Brothers, The Four Carnation, and perhaps most notably in Slint. This past April, Touch and Go Records reissued Slint's only album, the masterful 1991 release Spiderland. The new limited edition is a massive box set and includes a lovely photo book with a foreword by Will Oldham, a compelling documentary by Lance Bangs called Breadcrumb Trail, a remastered edition of the record overseen by Bob Weston, and bonus material. Some people who ordered it received a light blue replica t-shirt. While Slint broke up before Spiderland was released, their legend grew as the album developed a life of its own. The band has reconvened to play select live shows in recent years and are touring a little bit as we speak. Here to discuss some of these things is Brian McMahon of Slint. Uh, hello, Brian. How are you? Doing well. It's nice to speak with you. Now, where in the world are you exactly? Uh, I believe I'm about 25 mil, uh, miles outside of Detroit. Okay, cool. How's the uh, tour been going? It's been great. Um, we played uh, Cleveland last night. It was uh, good times. <laughs> do you have uh, do you have fond memories of playing Cleveland in in other uh, other instances? Uh, yes, I've I've always liked Cleveland. Does it resonate with you as a, a resident of Louisville in any way, or is it its own distinct entity? It's it's definitely distinct, um, but it's it's sort of. Uh, one of those river river towns, um, pretty laid back. Uh, people are friendly, and um, you know, shows there tend to be fairly relaxed. Yeah, and I like that. Have you have you had any interest or any chance to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland? No, actually, I I've never done that. Um, no. <laughs> Do you know, did you know that as a band, if you're traveling in a band, or if you say you're from a band, you get free admission? I'll have to take advantage of that next time. <laughs> you just, yeah, it's kind of a unique thing. We discovered it once in 2000. We just gave them a CD, and then they let us in. I was like, oh, kind of, kind of cool. Right on. Yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> spread the word on that. Yeah. So the, you guys are getting along well on tour. I was curious, as I was thinking about this, uh, this latest trip, uh, how often did the members of Slint see each other outside of the band these days? Not that much, really. Um, we, you know, have gone on to have um, fairly distinct like, careers and lives and families. And so um, we're, we have been uh, separated uh, geographically. Uh, but this past year, three of us have been, or past few years, three of us, uh, Brett, uh, Todd, Prashir, and myself, have all been Louisville. That's been unique, actually. That's that's, that's the majority. That's uh, probably can't say that since 1992, <laughs> where we've all been in the same place at once. But that just even the proximity doesn't necessarily necess uh, necessitate that you would see one another on a regular basis because you you all have your own lives to lead. Yep. Yeah. Has the band itself ever felt particularly familial to you? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, in a way, it has, yeah. And uh, I think uh, having started the band in high school, it's got... Oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I missed the last thing you said. It's having started the band in high school... Yeah, so there's uh, sort of camaraderie there that um, I'm not sure that exists. Like, a, a level of bonding that I'm not sure that happens uh, when people get together and play later in their lives. Just speculating. Yeah, of course. I mean, we sometimes when you see a family member for the first time in many years, you can connect very immediately. Is that Do you have that experience with the, the members of this band? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you've been playing songs from throughout your catalog on these current dates, and, and most of the songs were written within two years, almost 25 years ago. I'm, I'm curious, do any of them surprise you in any particular way? Well, there's there's a little more distance. Um, I think maybe three or four years at least. But uh, does, 
you're asking if the stylistic uh, differences are stand out at this point. Looking yeah, back. yeah, and uh, for you as a player, as a person who conceived of these songs as a very young man, to actually go back and revisit them, I assume it must be maybe daunting. It, it obviously must bring back a flood of memories. I'm curious if it, if these songs say something to you now that uh, anything in particular to you now that surprises you. Uh, I I think the only thing that's really surprised me, honestly, has just. <laughs> has been being able to to revisit the the songs and and have them you know feel feel like something um, when performing them uh, so it's it's not not so much like a rediscovery as almost just like peeling back time <laughs> and uh and you know, just connecting with the past, I think. Not that we're the the same people um, or the same, you know, sort of band or group um, as we were. We're, we're much different. But, um, yeah, it's it's odd that, that it's possible <laughs> to go back in time like that. I, I really wouldn't have thought it was possible. Um, so that's... Cool. When you say possible, I assume you mean to go back to these songs and still have it feel natural and resonate with you. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. Yes. Definitely. It's it's something that I was concerned about um, initially when when we were receiving um, you know offers to to play to reunite and, and play some songs. Um, it was something that I think all of us probably thought about um, whether, you know, we could be true to the material or how it would work. But, um, yeah, it's worked out surprisingly well um, just in terms of being able, to, again, to connect with the songs and performing them for people that never, you know, had that opportunity to see us. Um, that kind of gives it a new dimension as well. Hmm. You mentioned uh, revisiting the past. In a way, Slint and its music reveals something about a certain time and place. Uh, it's obviously personal for you, but what do you suppose your work together tells us as people external to your town? What, what does it tell us about Louis, the, the Louisville of 20-odd years ago? I, I think you'd have to read a lot into it to to see that. I mean, I I, I think... At the time, we were trying to to write songs that were unique, certainly. But also, I think we were just trying to like address kind of basic, you know, human issues. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what what others can draw from that. That's only a, a guess. Um, I'm not I'm not sure I've ever had someone strike up a conversation about Louisville during that time period, um, say late 80s, early 90s, and then, you know, proceed to to, to elaborate a bunch of connections uh, with the, the songs. Um, I'm sure there's someone out there doing that. <laughs> I just, just haven't met them yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just curious. I mean, it does seem like there's a community of people uh, that you you know your band was part of a community on some level, or or were you? I mean, did you feel like you were kind of standing off on your own? Oh no, I, no definitely we we perceived ourselves as part of a community. Absolutely, yeah. I was just speaking to the to the songwriting. Right. I mean, I think our our audience was much more you know internal or um, internalized rather. possible for you to see Slint's influence in music made by newer or younger bands? 
don't really, um, I don't pick up on it that much, uh, honestly. Um, but I mean, uh, you know, people make comparisons, and I'm, I can I can see, uh, you know, what's being talked about in those instances. I don't I don't really think in those terms. Uh, typically, like when I listen to music, um, hmm. you know, I'm not I'm not thinking of like, oh yeah, that relates to what we did, or <laughs> you know, I, I tend to I think be a pretty pretty simple-minded guy. I just sort of take it at face value. Right. When I hear new music. Yeah. Your your phrasing as a vocalist and your narrative songwriting had an immediate impact on, on my peers growing up and, and I see its influence in other artists myself. I mean I sometimes for some reason lately I've been thinking a lot about the connection between Slint and Shellac. Um, in terms of uh, I know that the at least a couple of members of Shellac were big fans of your band. Um, and I know you maybe can't speak to that, but um, I'm I'm just I'm curious about your own approach. Do you recall what inspired you to approach songwriting and, and your songs in this particular way? Uh, well, we were all um, Brett Todd, Dave, and myself. We were we were very invested in the album format, um, and I feel like that's something that that just now people are you know, making noise about, um, sort of reconnecting with, but it, it, it was just sort of taken for granted that, um, you know, we weren't listening to one-offs or singles, you know, we, we listen to music one album at a time. And so I think that was, that was basically the format or the context in which we consider our songs. Um, and in terms of, you know, narrative uh, setups. Um, I don't think we were. I don't think we were striving to, you know, achieve any sort of new, new model. Um, I think we we wanted to, you know, keep keep things simple. Um, and I think just writing, you know, listen to, you know. A recording by Hank Williams Sr. and you know music and lyrics for a song like that, um, you know it tends to be just raw and gripping, I guess. Um, and I, I guess at on a basic level, we we wanted to achieve that sort of you know simplicity, that sort of just connection. You meant, yeah, I, I understand. I can appreciate that. I, I and I hear you referencing Hank Williams, and that makes sense. And obviously, you've taken the lyrics from a Hank Williams song and a Slint song, and I can see that too. But Hank, Hank was actually quite an emotive singer, and some yeah. people, some people would say that your singing style uh, and then the way the band approached singing was maybe anti-emotional. It seemed almost. Um, well, I don't want to say it had its own kind of quality to it. It's like speak singing, and I'm just curious if that was any reaction to over emotional singing. Uh, yeah, I think at the time there definitely was, but also, I, I think the the narrative elements or the the lyrics, um, the content there was, you know, it's sort of just embellishment um, in terms of the themes that we we worked with. Um, so, yeah, the, the Hank Williams comparison is, is definitely, uh, definitely a stretch uh, in that sense. Well, but lyrically, yeah. but lyrically, his sense of storytelling obviously inspired you. The the Spiderland box is is rather elaborate. Could you talk a little bit about where the ideas for the elements for it came from? Uh, well, honestly, um, Todd Brashear, um was instrumental in kind of planning out uh, the type of release uh, that the box would be, the sort of audience that he wanted 
to address was, um, you know, fairly, uh, you know, completist um, collector type uh, fan. And uh, that's something that I have zero insight <laughs> into. Um, uh, so we relied on him to kind of guide us. Uh, but we had tons of, you know, input and help. Uh, you know, Lance's film is really central to the, I think, the value of of the the box set on some level. Mm-hmm. But um, but the layout uh, done by Jeremy Devine was also that was something that for me personally, I really got it. Like that's that's when the box set clicked for me um, as a, you know, as a statement or artistic, you know, object, um, the simplicity, you know, basically, and the, the aesthetic that he referenced there. I, I just don't think I could have um, gotten back into that frame of mind. Um, uh, and he really captured that when, that aesthetic we were working during the Spiderland uh, period uh, visually. Um, so yeah, Lance Bangs, Jeremy Devine, Bob Weston did a a really nuanced, you know, uh, remaster that was subtle and not hyped, um, and it was something that uh, you know was so appropriate for that record. It just um, you know, we just didn't, we didn't want, you know, we didn't want it to be the the 2014 mastering of, of Spider-Land. We just wanted it to be, you know, as clear and warm and, you know, as true to the original tapes as, as we could get it. And, uh, and Bob did a great job of yeah. achieving that. Yeah. No, it does sound beautiful, and Bob, Bob does really great work. So that's uh, that's good to hear. Now, it's fair to say that Slint has long been regarded as enigmatic, for lack of a better term, because you know the band's existence was initially so brief, and yet these records of yours, with their spare packaging and the sparse notes, as you mentioned, the minimalism, these records really loom large. But I'm curious, a release like a release like this, and particularly this documentary that you referenced, Breadcrumb Trail. It really humanizes the band. It makes its story less mysterious in some ways. How do you feel about revealing aspects of the band in this way after all these years? Uh, I never would have revealed them, <laughs> personally. Uh, but um, we just, you know, it's Lance's film, and it was sort of just a, a gift to us in many ways. Um we really we really didn't know what it was that he wanted to say about us. We had really no idea what sort of film uh he was making um, uh really until you know just the last couple months before the box set was completed um, He did most of the work um interviewing people and and uh, you know, photographing, taking, capturing uh, images, uh, both back in the period and in current time. Uh, that stuff we just weren't. You know, we had no we we had no um, I think desire to go back and and try to tell you know the story of of Slant. Or, uh, I didn't, at least. Um, but yeah, Lance did such a like a careful piecing together of of you know who who we were and um, really sympathetic, you know, look at just the sort of our oddities and um, I mean. It really is only the the character, I think, of his film and and the story that he tells that that makes it seem like a good thing to me. Um, 
it's this is definitely not something that I would have would have wished upon others. <laughs> <laughs> this story. I mean, but he he he. You know, it seems like people think it's funny, and and um, you know, audiences at the screenings uh, have been really responsive, and and I think it's it's certainly been a labor of love for him. It was not. It was not a job, you know. It was a, it was a pursuit of passion. I, I hear you completely, and I understand that Lance uh, offered this gift to you. And but I keep hearing you sort of reference the fact that you were resistant to telling the story. Why, why participate in it as much as you did? I think just because Lance was so, so uh, unassuming. And um, just sort of quiet but persistent. Um, he was he was pretty. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Enigmatic. I mean, uh, to me, personally. um, And ultimately, when I started seeing cuts... um, of interview footage, um, I, I started getting, you know, interested in where he was coming from. And uh, I might have been the last person, I think, in the band to actually sit and do interviews with him. Um, but I certainly, by the time that I did, I felt like, okay, I think I can trust this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Yeah, it's it's definitely you know his his story his his um, intersection with who we are and and you know all the oral history stuff that that came up um, for him uh, back when we were around and post breakup. Uh, so I think he had a very you know charge a very. Um, personal take on on the stories and the uh, outside perspectives um, of our our lives. Right. So after all these almost you know it's a couple of decades of curiosity about the band, uh, a lot of stuff is is bared here. A lot of uh, silly stuff. You know, the band comes across I think in the film as having a greater sense of humor than maybe some of us might have thought. Um, do you, and I understand you're speaking quite lovingly of the film, but do you in the end feel like the band and its members were captured, uh, well here? Like, is this a clear depiction of what you're like? Oh yeah. I mean, oh yeah. I think he, he definitely, you know, gets at the, the essence of, of the people, um, involved, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very close to all the, you know, or at least most of the people, um, you know, that took part in the documentary, um, in one way or another. Um, so there's all kinds of, you know, details that are, are maybe challenging to reconcile with, with the, the sort of profiles that he creates. Um, but I mean, for an outsider, as he was, I think it's a really, a really good take 
on what happened with us. Um, so yeah, I think he did a great job. I mean, I'm honestly, I'm floored <laughs> by his storytelling abilities. Um, and I'm not really sure that I would have been able to, to identify a narrative that was worth telling, um, you know, trying to view, uh, review our history or, you know, personal or otherwise, Mm. but seeing him do it is like, Oh wow. Yeah. I, (laughs) I totally get it now. Now I understand. <laughs> that's interesting. That what you, happened? That's interesting that you have that perception because that's my that was my exact feeling watching the film. Now I understand because I I just didn't know anything. I mean, on some level, this is a your band is a band that I would say is for me as a musician really changed how I looked at music and played music and and heard music. So, but there was very little to go on beyond that, which was odd. (laughs) You know, there was no kind of, you kind of follow the members and see where they're going. But uh, I just think that the the entity is really presented really well here. And and I think it's, it's great that it's finally happened. Um, Now it's been almost 25 years of people saying Slint is important. Maybe not quite 25, but pretty close. Do you think the band is significant? I, it, it was significant for me. Um, I think it was, you know, significant to Lance and, and obviously at least a few other people. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, assessing like value, uh, is always tricky. Um, um, but I'm definitely more likely to to be sympathetic to <laughs> to uh like outside views of like you know this this was significant or this was important for me you know for me um as a listener or someone that bought the record or saw the band back in the day or just now encountered the band i mean i guess i'm I'm less stubborn uh, uh in trying to you know, uh, foist my take on it as, you know, the most important one, essentially. I think, uh, yeah, our our value is going to change every day of the week from year to year. And, um, I'm, I'm just glad that anyone got anything out of it, you know. Um, that's, what, that's what we tried. You know, that's why we made, made the record. Yeah. Uh, is it fair to suggest that Slint as an entity has some kind of open-ended existence, like a future even? It seems to happen. This seems to be, you seem to be active sporadically. Is that kind of the modus operandi? Um, there is really not an overarching, you know, set of goals or trajectory. Um, it seems like basically, you know, once the the pestering reaches a certain level, um, and we're just like, okay, okay, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll do it, we'll play, you know. I mean, the the box set was the product of like eight years <laughs> of just on and off again work, um, and if I'm pretty sure that if it was just the guys from the band, it. it most likely wouldn't have been completed. I mean, Todd Brashear definitely, definitely led us through the process, but, um, uh, with the help of Greg Rusk, of course, but, um, yeah, we just, we aren't a very, uh, <laughs> we aren't a very proactive group of people, <laughs> to be honest. We, we just aren't, uh, we're not like a self-promoting, you know, set, um, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's totally fair, and I, I acknowledge that what you're saying is true based on <laughs> everything I've seen. Um, has there ever been an instance in the last few years where you've had any inkling or, uh, or even a, a circumstance where you've begun uh, writing again? 
Uh, no, we 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 have not. Um, beyond, if you're talking about Slant as a as a group, um, you know, there were there were a couple of really brief um, periods where we entertained the idea of you know working on new Slint quote Slint material, um, but yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, we we haven't really. Um, I haven't really felt the need to to think about that is, is um, in that, recent years. Yeah, is that now? What is that like? Uh, what is it like having that impulse as a creative person? This impulse to not create necessarily. Um, I think it's different for different people. I mean, I think taking time off. Um, certainly like escaping from, you know, the public eye or, or, you know, having enough time to like rediscover what you want to hear or what you want to say or express is important. I mean, I know people that are just nonstop, um, you know, powerhouses, just production machines, um, and... I, I just I'm not that type of person. I don't I don't think uh I, I guess like Dave Tahoe comes closest hmm. um to fitting that sort of profile, but still he's very um he's very like sensitive. He's really good at going with the flow. Um so I think he's really good actually at, at keeping things, you know, fresh for himself. Um so ultimately I think it's it's perfectly healthy and good, <laughs> hmm. I think, for for us to to be fine with not, you know, pursuing new material um, together. Uh, it's it's not out of some uh, reverence for your own legacy or something. It's not out of some fear that you won't be able to match what you've done, is it? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Very definitive. <laughs> yes. No. No. It, it is. It is not. Okay. That's fair. Now, are, how much of your days now are consumed by music or music making? Uh, lately, uh, all of it. <laughs> all of each day, um, uh, doing these shows um, with uh, Britain Dave. Uh, you know, it's it's demanding and it's. Uh, rewarding and yeah, it's full time right now. Right. Um, but it's 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 not unlike in the past. We just you know do these brief stints where we're kind of brought together um, really by others, um, and then we just you know churn it out. We kind of see who's in front of us and and you know perform the songs. Try to connect with who's in the audience right but outside of slint your your own personal musical ventures or do they does do they exist i think yeah i mean we all whether it's you know seen the light of day yeah we we all um have continued to to write and play right on some level and and do you have a so you're saying when it sees the light of day? Do you have a plan for a, an upcoming release yourself, Brian? Uh, no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 fine where I'm at uh, for now. Okay. What 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 do you actually end up doing with your days? If I might ask, if that's not too personal a question, do you have a job? Do you pursue a, any kind of vocational, you know, things? Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I you know, work, um, you know, have my, my parents and family, um, yeah, I've got a pretty, uh, pretty modest, you know, sort of daily life that I don't think would, would, um, surprise many people. Okay. So I assume that when something like this comes around, like a slint tour, it's a lot of hard work, but it's nice to do you like being back on the road and playing shows? Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's all dependent 
on the the audience. I mean, playing the songs is is rewarding, uh, just in itself. Um, just to to feel, you know, to feel that um, sort of connection um, just within the group. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 performing for especially people that have never seen us. Um, that's you know. That's the most rewarding aspect of the, the pursuit or the hard work, you know, that's, it makes it worth it. Well, that's cool. That's great. I'm glad. So there's a chance, there's no plan, but there's a chance that after this run of shows, we might see Slint again. I, I won't rule it out. I mean, um, there's certainly no, no plans. Right. But. Okay. Well, once again, the Slint album Spiderland has been reissued in a deluxe limited edition box set, and they are playing select tour dates. Brian, do you know the status of the box? Is it all sold out? It was very. It was like three thousand one hundred and thirty-six or something like that. Uh, three thousand one hundred and thirty-eight. Thirty. I'm sorry. What is there a significance to that number? Uh, yeah. Google it. Oh. <laughs> you, you, you'll you'll be intrigued. You you'll, can't you can't tell me you're we're having a conversation and you say Google it is that <laughs> that's where we've come okay that's fine I, there's there's no way I could do it justice it's uh, there's some chat rooms that you you need to visit okay okay I think to to appreciate the significant the cultural significance of of one thirty eight. Okay, that's good to know. I I just didn't. Uh, I, maybe I'm missing something huge here. It sounds like I am. I will get on the Google right away. But uh, sorry, are there any more box sets available, or do they all go? Uh, they are all sold. Nice, good. Um, yeah, that's, um, pretty, pretty surprising uh, that they sold so quickly. But we're obviously very happy about it. You know, since you hinted at some kind of numerological significance, I have box set number one two one seven. Does that number mean anything? Not to me. <laughs> okay, I don't know. You said you had like a bit of a mysterious numbers thing. I thought you were going to be like, oh, oh, that's the spooky one. That's the one you shouldn't. Have. You might want to return that one. <laughs> I think you're safe. I think one two one seven. I think you're you're all right with that. Okay, that's good to know. Thank you very much. I hope that's the right number. I I believe that's the number I have. Anyway, uh, everyone can learn more about the band and their tour dates, and I guess not the box set buying it, but maybe you never know. Maybe it'll turn up. Slintmusic.com for more information. Uh, Brian, before we go, is there a song from the box that uh, I can play for people, uh, either from the um, bonus material or from the album proper? Uh, I think that Donnie Man is a good is a good one. Okay, why did that come to mind? Uh, I don't know. Uh, just it seems like uh, it it gets to I think probably our most intimate um, moments in terms of the the writing um and it's definitely a a song that is just as stripped down um as possible um so that's that's about as as um uh, like raw as as we get mm. and is this song uh, are you playing the song live at the moment Yes, we play it. Yes, and it's it's it, it, you achieve that rawness. I assume it, you. It, I assume you may. You're on the road. Maybe the song is resonating with you live, and that's why you thought of it now. Even. Yes, I mean certainly yes, and it's 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 a really it's a challenging song, but it's really rewarding. Um, All right, well let's we'll play it for folks now. This is Slint with Donnie Mann. Uh Brian uh, McMahon. Uh, very much a pleasure to speak with you, and I, I thank you for your time. Thank you. Don stepped outside. I 
still.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.